0: and hear from best-selling authors' insight into
1: how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's so good to have you here with us. And I really look forward to all of the things that you're doing in the world. Feel free to share them with us anytime. Hashtag Thriving Entrepreneur. I love hearing what you got from the show, hearing what's going on in your life, and especially from our best-selling authors, being able to share with you our best-selling author success stories. There's so many exciting and cool things that our best-selling authors are up to, um, all the way from just changes that it's made in their own life. You know, that's exciting for them to be at a place now where they have more self-confidence. All the way to, you know, we've had authors that are on Good Morning America. We've had authors that have gotten calls. I love it. I heard from Kendra the other day, and she actually got a call directly from Barnes & Noble saying, we've had so many people request your book, and we heard you on Thriving Entrepreneur, and we loved what you had to say, and we would like to stock your book. What an amazing one. That's so exciting. I'm glad that the show is being reached. Thank you if you are um, work at Barnes & Noble and you happen to be listening to this episode. We appreciate you being here with us. Lots of really amazing best-selling authors available to share with you. And thank you for being here. We want to really talk about moving from surviving to thriving. There is coping mechanisms that we all have in varying degrees in our life. And some of those are actually really great skills. There are devastating things that happen in our life and we need to cope with them. I mean, I'm not even using that as a derogatory term. I mean, like seriously... You have to move from um, death of a loved one from uh, major accidents that cause deep pain, um, deep uh, you know damage to us sometimes. We have to first cope with the pains, the emotional pains and the physical pains that happen in those down, in those bad moments in our life. The thing we don't want to do, is get to a place where we're just getting by. We want those powerful coping mechanisms, but we want to be beyond survival mode. We want to do more in the world than just get by. We want our coping mechanisms to be things that are making us better and not be things that are helping us just cope, right? Right? Uh, It's so amazing how we can use a word because you can use the word cope and it can have very um, limiting concepts and yet you can use the word coping in a very powerful way to talk about this devastating thing that happened to you and now the place of thriving that you're at because you learned how to cope with that thing. Coping is such a powerful world a powerful word in our world. Um, Another one is to learn the power of gratitude. If we're really going to thrive, we really need to be grateful in all things. Now I know exactly what you're thinking because it's exactly what I thought as I was even saying it and that's, you really want me to be grateful in this situation? okay, I'm learning the powerful coping mechanisms, but I don't know that I'm going to go so far as to be grateful for this thing that just happened to me. But as we learn the power of truly living a life of gratitude, living in a place of gratefulness, when we adapt that power as part of our regular world, our regular daily living, our regular way of showing up in the world, we then have a coping skill that is potentially more powerful than any other coping skill that I know of. And that's the ability to take and see the good in the things I've heard so many amazingly great stories from people about how the worst thing in their life has ended up being the best. So many of our best-selling authors bring to the table devastating stories. Things that, as they're telling it, I find myself praying, Oh God, is there any way that these people wouldn't have had to gone through that? And yet... Because it's the past and because we've talked previously about the fact that the past is gone, it's a canceled check. What we can do is we can look at those things and we can find the good. Sometimes the good is so small. Sometimes it's huge. Sometimes it is life transforming. And without it, you wouldn't be who you are now. You know, often we look at something horrible, like, you know, we have a a marriage that doesn't work out. And, um, you know, we have amazing children that came out of that marriage. Or we have a disfiguring injury, but it causes us to stop and look at our lives and take stock of what's truly important. You know that Kathy and I went through a horribly devastating situation with Maya. We almost lost her. I don't even really know how either of us would have lived through it, and I'm grateful to God that we didn't have to find out. But through the course of Maya's 166 days of hospitalized chemotherapy, and her being literally on the brink of death to the point where the doctor said that if she didn't get treated immediately right this second, that she wouldn't be here tomorrow. Through that, we've been able to see what really matters in life, what's truly important, to know how to be able to love and appreciate the things and the people in our lives that are so easy to take for granted, to not realize the things, the people that are right there on our side, doing things for us, loving us, protecting us, taking care of us. And I don't want to belittle the things that you've been through. I know they were devastating. But today we're going to share with you some amazing best-selling authors that are going to teach some powerful coping skills and ways to get through, as well as how to learn the power that comes in gratitude. As we are truly grateful for what has been, we empower ourselves to move even more powerfully into what's coming next. And ultimately, Instead of just surviving, we can thrive. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want to show up every day as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to be back with some great international best-selling authors. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a bestselling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this, what would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because... It serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve.
1: Welcome back thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. Let's jump right into it with the first of our great best-selling authors and learn some powerful skills to help us not just get through, not just survive, but really cope with those things that come up in our life. Throughout the course of our life, there are many losses that we experience, but there's probably none greater than the loss of a loved one. Um, Unfortunately, in spite of the fact that there are times that we'd like to just kind of curl up in a corner and stay there for the rest of our lives, we do have to move on. And we need the tools to help us cope with the loss of a loved one. To help us with that today, we're joined by international bestselling author of the book coping with the loss of a loved one, Wanda Faye Williams. Hi, Wanda, glad to have you here with us today. Great, thank you. I'm I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah. So tell the listeners a little bit about who you are.
2: I am a Southern girl. I am from Duplin County in North Carolina small town and uh, that was my upbringing and went off to college and moved and from college have moved about quite a bit but always in North Carolina and right now presently I'm in the Raleigh area which I love and on the outskirts sort of so it's really quick to get anything that I need but yet still have that country country feel so so I'm comfortable um, where I am now, but this has always been in North Carolina. It has always been home for me.
1: So we're going to try really hard during this interview to not cry too much. No promises. Both of us may cry. Um, <laughs> I know this book is really deeply personal uh, because you are dealing through the uh, loss of your mom as you help others in this book.
2: This book came about whenever, it's it's as if just God was pouring into me at my level of pain, when I felt like I could barely go on in life. He just poured into me and when he did, I grabbed a pen and paper and start writing, started to write and that's what I did. and, And it helped me get through the pain of losing my mother. Mom wasn't just mom, she was my best friend. She was my world. She was everything. Um, so it was, it, was, it was a situation where I did not know if I could just press on. But, but writing uh, helped me tremendously. And, and then in the end, I looked at it and I said, this is a book that I can share with other people to help them move on from a loss, uh, which can be very challenging. But um, that is why coping with the loss of a loved one is very near and dear to my heart. It includes prayers and poetry, and it, it, it certainly it has brought me through, and I believe that it will help others.
1: Now, I don't think it makes the loss any more devastating or any less devastating, but in the case of your mom, did you have forewarning that she was in the process of passing, or did it kind of come suddenly?
2: I I could see it coming. I am a registered nurse, and I have worked around sickness for a long time. Um, so I could see it coming, and as a matter of fact, that was a, it was a situation for me that was overwhelming even before she transitioned because it, I could sense it. I could, um, and I just couldn't imagine what I was gonna do without her. But but yes, I I knew that it was coming and coming soon. But I was grateful to God uh, throughout that time frame because mom was three weeks short from being 81 years old. And interesting on my maternal side of the family, 67 years seemed to be it with for her mom, her sister, her uncles It's interesting, but that was 67. So um, of course to say, when she turned 67, uh, many, many years ago, I, I know I prayed through that whole year, I was thinking of Hezekiah, when God granted him extra 15 years. But uh, I'm thankful that that mom lived a long, she lived a long good life.
1: Hmm. Let's celebrate your mom's life for just a second. Um, What would be, and I'm sure this is cyclical, but today, what is your favorite memory today of your mom?
2: I think back whenever I was 18 years old and I left home to go off to college and I was very emotional because that would be my first time leaving home, my first time away from mom. And I cried and I cried and the hug that she gave me reassuring me that everything was going to be okay, that she was just a phone call away. And that is the memory right now that I think of when I think of mom is knowing that I was loved, uh, knowing that she loved me unconditionally and and um, instilling within me the importance and power of prayer. I often think of mom praying because she did that often, and that's why today prayer is important to me, and even get, with my book, Coping with the Loss of a Loved One. Um, It often speaks of prayer, have stories about prayer and how important prayer is and that our children see us pray because when they grow older and become adults, they'll remember. And that is something that they can also instill within their children and their children will remember seeing them pray as well. So those are some of the special moments that that I have when I think of my mother.
1: So, time for the unfair question of every interview that I ask our authors. Um, uh-huh. What is, and again, this may change from day to day, but today, what is your favorite part of the book?
2: I want to. I think the favorite part is my poetry, because in, in the beginning of the book, I talk about my my growing up and mom being in my life and her transitioning the, but the poetry particularly the poem that says be still and know that i am god that's special to me because i have to always it's so deeply ingrained in me that i'm going to re- rely on god to get me through if it's a morning when i wake up and i miss Imam mom and i'm i'm lonely and, and i may be a little sad because i'm having those memories or if it's a moment of joy or if there's situations that I'm wondering, how am I getting through? Regardless, I know to go to the word of God and something in there is gonna bring me through whatever it is I'm experiencing at that time. So in my poetry, particularly the one, be still and know that I am God, it reflects what I'm feeling at that particular time. It may start off sad, but I'm coming through on the other side in a positive frame of mind and in a grateful state of mind. Um, So that's what my poetry reflects to me. So I think that's my favorite is, is, is the poetry that I write where I'm thinking and I'm feeling, but then I'll say, well, God is saying this to me. And um, so that's my, I think that's my favorite. So I can't uh, leave out. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't leave out. There's a chapter devoted to, to gratitude, being, being grateful. I have found that when I focus on being grateful or making a gratitude list, what am I grateful for? It takes my mind off of anything that may be sad or depressing or negative. Uh, it takes my mind off that because I'm focusing on all the things in life that I that I'm grateful for. So that that's that's something else that's important to me too. Is what I really like about this book is my chapter about gratitude.
1: With that in mind, let's give the listeners some practical things that they can do to help them cope with the loss of a loved one.
2: Some practical things. As I've mentioned uh, previously, I think it's important to set aside time, even though we have a million things that we're doing during the day, is maybe even getting up early. Set your mind to Conditioning yourself to get up maybe 15 minutes earlier, 30 minutes earlier before you start your day and devote that time to prayer, devote that time to, med- to meditation or just focusing on God or the goodness of God and what he's done for you just for, for waking you up during the morning, for making it safely through the night, just being grateful, but allowing time to spending time with God before you start your day. I think that is very important. And then to remember, be kind to other people because particularly those, if you think about people who smile all the time or who, who always seem jubilant or happy all the time, I find that those are the people that hurt most and they, because it's, you mask it, you want to hide it, you want to please everyone, you want to appear happy all the time, but inside you're broken. Uh, if we're kind to people, some people are walking around barely getting through. So even just a smile, be nice to other people and um, let's help each other, lift each other up because this is a stressful time today. And I I think if we, uh, if we learn to respect one another and just the golden rule, treating people the way you want to be treated, it goes a long way. So those are things I I make a list of, of, or even if you Whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you smile, sometimes just do some visualization, remember those things, think of fond memories of that loved one before they pass what 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 made you smile, what brought you joy? reflect on those on those things and um and when you're feeling lonely, just know that they're smiling down at you, and it warms your heart and uh and God is holding you in his arms, and he's saying, it's going to be okay you'll get through this so these are things. It's just focusing on what what gives you strength what makes you feel better and uh, that helps a lot and one last thing I want to mention is find a couple of verses in the Bible that is your favorite with me I love proverbs and third chapter trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding and i it, I just I just whenever I feel if I should feel down I reflect on That verse or a couple of other verses that are so important to me uh, that helps me through that. That's those are some things as well that helps me get through if 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 there are moments of being lonely or missing that loved one.
1: The book is called coping with the loss of a loved one. Written by Wanda Faye Williams. You can get it on Amazon. It is an international bestseller. Wanda, if people want to reach out to you um, for help in their coping with the loss of a loved one in their life, how could they contact you?
2: My um, email address is WandaWilliams1765 at gmail.com. And I also have a website, My Word Therapy. Because I'm also uh, a a grief life coach and a spiritual life coach. So if if people need to talk or to know more about the book or to just express themselves, uh, reach out. Um, Again, my email address is WandaWilliams1765 at gmail.com. And my my website is MyWordTherapy.com.
1: Wanda, I really loved your book. I appreciate your brutal honesty and sharing the peace that came out of this process for you. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. The loss of a parent can be so powerful. I mean, I only know it from the standpoint of being there during the final days of Kathy's mom's passing. I can tell you what I went through. I can tell you having observed all that Kathy still goes through. And I know that um, you know my outside perspective doesn't even bring enough into it. But I know how devastating that loss can be. But I also know that there is more on the other side. There are in fact some things that you can now do that you maybe couldn't do before. And in all things, there is grace and mercy to show up for you, to help you right where you are today, but to also be able to move forward into a brighter and greater tomorrow. I want that for you. I hope that if you're dealing with the loss of a loved one, that you will be able to move forward today as you move towards being a thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelp.com youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best selling author today welcome
0: back to Thriving Entrepreneur
1: this is Steve welcome back thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today we're going to move now from our coping skills from the things that let us move powerfully from a devastating loss into the next stage in our life And now we're going to go to a gratitude transformation. And that's really what you need. You need to not just be, yeah, I'm kind of happy about things, but you need to really transform by the renewing of your mind that comes through learning to be grateful, especially grateful in the things that there is no reason to be grateful for. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. But when you can find the good in the worst of the things, when you can find a way to celebrate and rejoice in the bad, to be grateful in all things, that's where the real power of thriving truly comes in. Join me in welcoming Glennis Hargreaves. Hey, Glennis, how are you today? I'm blessed with the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> All right. So excited!
3: So excited! Yes.
1: So tell us a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world.
3: Okay, so my name is Glennis Hartgreaves, and I am a grateful believer in Christ. And I am a wife. I am a mother, and my special is I am a glamba. I have four delicious glam kits and I just, I live from a total different place in life because of life happening to me. I have been transformed by gratitude. That's how I show up in the world.
1: Gratitude is such a big concept and yet it's so important. Um, you know, talk to us a little bit. Tell us what gratitude means to you.
3: So gratitude means understanding that life happens to each and every one of us. But just looking at the good about what is happening is being able to sit here and be under AC like, I can breathe right now. And that is so like, to someone that right now was being suffocated that's everything the fact that i'm drinking coffee which means that there is clean water i was explaining to someone earlier today that when i got to new york at the age of 13 i picked up drinking water like i drink probably two gallons of water a day it's not because of fitness it's not because of this or that is because to me clean water is such a gift i'm the kid that grew up carrying dirty water from the river and we did not have that and because we did not have that water is such a gift so gratitude is understanding that yes i have been here now let me try to think if my math is right almost 42 years i've been living in united states but gratitude is understanding that the maybe little things in life are huge things in life air clean water family like it doesn't matter what you have gone through gratitude to me is focusing on all the good that god has given us
1: mm, so important The book is called Gratitude Transformation. I Lost My Life So I Could Learn to Live. There's a story behind that. Tell us about how you lost your life so you could learn to live.
3: Okay, so on October 2nd, 2017, I work claims for the past 32 years is what I have done. I am what is called a public insurance adjuster. I have, I'm licensed in the state of California since 1991, licensed in Texas, Jersey, and Florida. And what I do is I help people that have claims in their property. So I've handled everything that you could imagine, fire, earthquakes, storms, everything like that. So I did two weeks of volunteering work in Fort Myers in the west side of florida for two weeks for immigrants that fema could not help right after the hurricane in 17. and right after irma i was there for two weeks translating taking pictures and doing fundraising for those that were not gonna get the help i spent two weeks with people that were inside homes that I don't even know how they lived in these homes before the hurricane. You had, in one home I remember vividly, you had like 21 people. And it was a two bedroom place with little kids. And it was full of moles seven days later. And after I felt like I have done the thing that God will have me do, I went to Key West to actually work and My first day there, I don't watch the news. The news does something for me that doesn't bring a lot of gratitude. I just come from a place of not trusting and I don't watch the news. So the first day, usually when I go into these areas, because we are the people that are foot on the ground and right after a disaster. So I came in and I stay just visiting with people the whole day and all of a sudden it got dark and I had no intentions of staying there. So it was around, I called my husband close to 8 PM that night and looking for a place to stay. Everything in the keys was extremely expensive and there was really not much occupancy. It's not a lot of choices. So someone suggested I drive two hours and I drove two hours and as I am driving two hours away, um, there was a man in a very dark place that I believe was trying to commit suicide. And I saw him, his eyes were lit like a demon. And I went, Jesus, oh. And I was very mindful. I was looking for a bathroom. I desperately needed to use a bathroom. man. I saw him about a car and a half away from me. He grabbed his wheel and he turned it towards me with everything that he had. And at that moment, I just said, okay, Jesus, here I am. Because I thought for sure, I'm never going to see another day. So from that accident, I was driving a little Prius. I was—I um, literally saw Jesus that day and came back.
1: Hmm. that's intense so what did you learn about gratitude that you hadn't really known up until that point
3: well so when I woke up my first my first thing was okay I'm not very grateful for all the pain that I feel when I first saw what i call my heavenly father when i was in that place the first reaction the first view that i saw was my grandchildren and i said to the lord i'm not done and then i said when i saw my mother i'm being buried i said it's just not fair and then the lord in his mercy allowed me to come back and I was not very grateful because now I felt every single pain in my body. I'm trapped. I'm in my seat in this little Prius. And I just started embracing every single pain in my life as, okay, great. I feel so much pain. I don't even think I'm going to live. They're telling me rescue is saying you're going into a full cardiac arrest. Um, Stop saying Jesus. Breathe with us. Um, I learned that pain was good because I could feel the pain. I learned that gratitude was what I said, the story that I said about what I was going through. That's what gratitude was. It's what I felt, my impression, what I could ground myself in. Yes, I am in pain. But thank God I'm in pain. That means I'm alive. I'm alive. And that's a great thing. There's hope when there's life. So I I gratitude all this certain brought so much meaning to where it transformed the way I do life. Totally different than the way I did life before 10 to 17.
1: So what's one key that a person can use to help them live a life of gratitude?
3: I think we start in the morning. I think that we ground ourselves in gratitude. I have a list of things that I'm grateful for and If you focus on the big things or the everyday thing, like I'm grateful for my family. I say my ultimate gratitude is Jesus Christ and my relationship with him. And that's amazing. And I'm grateful for my family and my kids. But being grateful for the fact that, and it is a huge thing. I mean, like we're doing a call right now. There is internet. Like back in the 60s, the 70s, presidents did not have this luxury. Of being able to do this call where you could actually see my face and I can hear your voice. That's gratitude. Gratitude is being able to say, you know what, this is my last dollar, but I'm going to invest it in you because you matter to me because I love you. Gratitude is maybe going through a divorce and saying, well, I cannot change that, but I can hug you and I can be present and I can love on you. People ask me all the time, Glennis, why you're like, you light up a room. Well, it's a choice I make early in the morning. I connect with God. I am pressing with myself. And I go through a list of things that I'm grateful for. And sometimes I have 30 minutes to do that. Sometimes I have three minutes to do that. But as long as I start my day and I end my day that way, like it really, that process, some people think that can't change me. It does. It has changed my life. That process of being grounded and letting go of all those things that would stop gratitude. Because say, for example, Steve, you are holding a grudge against someone. Well, gratitude is not going to come in. That's another thing that I tell people that I coach and I talk to. You can do your list. You can try to come into that space of being in gratitude and allowing gratitude to transform you. But when you have this big old luggage that's holding you back, that's putting weight and that to come in, that doesn't work. So I believe that gratitude is releasing everything that we have within us that may stop us by forgiveness, releasing as to why this. And not really ask the questions, but thank God. Like I'm very grateful today. Some people, I speak to a lot of recovering addicts. I say, I am grateful. I'm grateful that I was sexually abused because I can connect to an addict. 95% of addicts are the children of addicts or people that have been abused. They allow me into their space Because I am able to speak their same language. I'm grateful for that. Because if I am able to make a difference in the life of one addict, one person that doesn't overdose today, then to me, that is huge. That to me is immense gratitude. So it's understanding that God has a plan and a purpose for everything that He has allowed in our lives and allowing Him to be sovereign, a sovereign God that. That understands I as I was in the middle of the worst things in my life when I was going through the divorce, when you know my ex-husband was living with another woman, I finally, you know, like woke up and said, God, thank you. Thank you that you would see fit that I could be faithful, that you would see fit that I could go through these things. I think it's a it's kind of translating what I call in the book translating that story into a gratitude story. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely, it does. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be back with more from Glennis as we transform ourselves from where we are currently to a place of true, thriving gratitude. I hope that you're taking that journey with us today as we talk to Glennis about her book, Gratitude Transformation. And we all... Learn to use gratitude to help us live as thriving entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. I'm here with Glenis Hargreaves and we are talking about her book, Gratitude Transformation. I want to jump right back into this interview and share more with you, more powerful ways to live every minute of your life thriving because you're grateful for all the things as they come your way. You know, there are some people who are just like... I don't know, Oscar the Grouch, if you remember him from Sesame Street. Um, what what do you say to people who, you know, they live their life intentionally grumpy? How can they make a change?
3: I, seriously, I told this older guy, because we have like thousands of member here, right? I My husband and I, we own a, 20,000 square foot gym, and we have a lot, of, we have five, 600 people that come through the doors, and there's this one man, I don't know what issues he has gone through, a big old guy, okay, and he's always grumpy, when I tell you we've been here a year, and it doesn't matter what level of gratitude, of joy, like the front desk people, they go, why are you so nice, he's so mean, that man, and I'm like, you know what i did the other day to get him to smile i went like this literally i got my lips and i went <laughs> and i held my lips really like this big old face like this in front of him and he had no choice but to smile because, <laughs> because he's just grumpy and now he looks at me and this is after 14 months of his being here. I finally got him to smile. I'll get him a water, here's the water for you. Here's a free Gatorade, here's a muscle milk. Like I try to just do all these things and nothing was working. Hi, hey, how are you? And nothing, just, can I get a key? You know, cause he needs a key for the locker. Can I, like my gosh, what is wrong? Until finally I said, okay, I'm gonna do the impossible or the silliest. And now he actually smiles. So I don't know what that man has gone through. I don't know. I'm no one to judge him. I don't know, but it's a mindset that if we stay stuck, like I tell people that I coach, well, okay, that is your story and I get it. But how long do you want that to be true? Like, how long do you want to hold on to that grumpiness, to that story? I thought that the results that you want to create is gratitude, is joy, is energy, that you want to show up differently. Well, you continue to do the same thing. You're not going to, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, go help. Go help the homeless. Go feed the homeless one day. Go go visit someone. A little kid. Go in- to the cancer side of the hospital. Go see that, go see children that have a few days and see how your face doesn't change. Like, I believe that grumpy people stay there in that mindset because they cannot see outside of themselves, it's like they're looking at this mirror and all they can do is look at themselves like this and they're so close that they have never done this. And they have never been able to see outside the right here, like the mirrors here and all they're looking at is their face. Like there's a whole world out there. You know, there's so many people. I'm grateful for so many people that saw the need in me as I was being abused as a mother, as a wife. And they stepped in, no question, no judgment, just, Hey, can I pick up your kid? Can I take them to the ball game? Can I do this? It doesn't matter what you're going through. When you step into gratitude and you're there to help somebody else, all your mindset and everything that you're going through, it changes. I believe that because we're so, every time I go on a missions trip and I come back, I'm obviously from a third world country and all I gotta do is go and visit the Dominican Republic. But like when I went to India, I remember telling the man, forget, forget, before that before that i'm gonna tell you gratitude to another level we get there at about maybe close to midnight and there's three to four generations of people 40 50 people picking up one person one person at the at the, at the airport like i'm not sure i will pick up my mother at midnight like listen you know what i mean but to wake up the kids and the grandkids and it's. Because of so much gratitude. People are so thankful. Like I saw children that they didn't, in my own country, I'm sorry. Kids, they ask you for money. In India, they wanted you to hug them and laugh on them. They wanted a picture. They wanted to see themselves. To me, that's gratitude. To me, gratitude is a man that walked like seven, eight miles barefooted with no shoes in his 70s so that we will pray for his son. Hanak. Hanak was a beautiful man, a beautiful man who was a paraplegic that became a Christian and lost everything because of his choice for Christ. And he stayed in this little air mattress in this wooden piece of, you can't even call it bed because it was not a bed, in the middle of nowhere. And there was a tarp. There were no walls. There were no anything and that was his home. To me, that's gratitude. Saying, you know what, no matter what, he asked us to pray for him. I said, Hanak, eventually he died two years later. We supported him and his family for the next two years. When he asked us to pray for him, I said, no, Hanak, I want you to pray for me. Your faith is contagious, your love, your gratitude that you you would allow the Lord to strip you of everything, wife, kids, family, and serve him faithfully, and send your father to go look for us with no water, no shoes, no anything. I am leaving India, wanting to be an Indian. I am in so much gratitude. I see that in third world countries. Here, the minute you get on the plane to come back, there's another spirit. And my intentions is to spread a movement of gratitude like never before. I decided this book, you know, my struggles with launching this book. I mean, there's a lot of private things about my life. I'm okay with sharing them with people that come from my background, but I did not want that to be out there. But then I said, no. There's only so many fundraisers that I can do here in the gym. I want funds to be able to go to the Bahamas. Why? Because I'm extremely grateful. I'm grateful that the Lord, I don't know why. I mean, this thing, like I work claims. I know what was coming to us. This thing was coming to us, Florida. And then it went someplace else. I believe that it is our job to stay in immense gratitude and help those that are in need. So did that answer your question?
1: Absolutely I did. So all of us would love to live in the joyous, grateful place that you live every day. Um, Leave us with one little, one little chip, one little secret that we could do to really come up to your level of gratitude.
3: I think that the easiest way to do that is getting out of yourself. It's an exercise that I learned through a personal development company that I was part of. Um, One is with Tony Robbins. He, He taught, this is good because, that's one. And another one is if you give of yourself to someone else and you say, like if I said to you, Steve, and I mean this very much, Steve. The greatness that I see in you, Steve, is love. The greatness that I see in you is courage. The greatness that I see in you is contribution. You have put everything to the side to be so present with people like myself, to hear my story, to cultivate your gifting, to be able to share my story with the world. Steve, you're my brother in Christ and I love you. Because you have decided that no matter what, you're going to follow this call to make sure that I live within my call, to make sure that I tell my story. The greatness that I see in you is contribution to people like myself that may be scared of writing their story, that may be scared of, did I say this correctly? Like I'm an immigrant, I don't know how to translate that fast to put it in writing and make it right. The greatness that I see in you is you've given me courage to tell my story. It's no longer the story of that teacher, that speech teacher, when I was 16 years old, that said, I'm not sure that you would ever be a good speaker is my English teacher, my ESL English teacher in college at 15 and a half. I mean, I was so happy to be in college, Steve, because I graduated early. And my first English teacher in my first competition, she said, you will be a great writer if you didn't have all these run on sentences. The greatness that I see in you, Steve, is that no matter how long and drawn out I am and I go, all over the place with my story you are so present you're so loving and so kind that you're able to take the chunk and you're able to take the substance of my story and put it into a great book your life has transformed my life I'm grateful for you and I trust God that he will use my story in gratitude to transform many lives that's an exercise that I believe that if you do it, people don't turn away love. Do they?
1: I know. not yeah. That's amazing. And thank you. That was very kind. The book is called Gratitude Transformation. I Lost My Life So I Could Learn to Live by Glennis Hargreaves. Glennis, if people want to go deeper with you, how can they contact you?
3: so they can go at glennis360 so it's g l e n i s the number three the number six and the number zero glennis360.com and they can find all my social medias my everything phone number everything is right there at glennis60.com glennis360.com
1: perfect and i do encourage everybody to get this international bestseller. It's an amazing book. Glennis, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today.
3: Thank you, Steve. I'm grateful for you, Kathy, Amber, and your family. I appreciate you.
1: So what are you going to commit to being grateful for today? There's a great verse in the Bible that says, rejoice while it's called today. You see, we can't put off our rejoicing till tomorrow. Because tomorrow is a promissory note. So what are you going to be grateful for today? I know there are days. I have them too. Where there is very little, if anything, that feels like it's worth being grateful for at all. I get it. I understand. I've had days like that as well. So there's no judgment here if you're having a bad day. But the question is, what's good about today? I remember back when I used to be working with a youth group, I actually told them, it's like, look, I know that for some of you, this is the first time you've ever prayed. And so rather than just passing, because that's the thing we used to do, especially back in the mid 80s, you know, was if you're not comfortable, you can just squeeze the hand of the person next to you and and you can pass. But what I began to encourage my teens to do was rather than not saying anything, was to at least say, "Thank you for the trees." or thank you for the sun." You know, you did nothing today to make the sun shine. Um, if you live in a place where snow's on the ground, you know, snow's beautiful as long as you're not out shoveling it, right? <laughs> um, none of those things that makes the earth revolve did you have to do anything for? And so on those really awful days, if we're even just grateful for that last breath, that's a start. And as we begin to be mindful of, as Joel Osteen's dad, John Osteen, used to teach, to go on a treasure hunt for ways to be grateful. And as we do, we then transform into a person who is grateful all the time. And the reason why that's important is because you have big things that you are going to do in this world. There are people who need you because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created very on purpose for a purpose and the world does need you. So, Be the best you you can be today. Share your message with the world. Let Kathy and I help you make that a bestseller. Join us in Best Sellers Guild. Do the things that you can do today to help somebody else. Because I can tell you a secret. One of the best things that you can do when you're feeling low and down is to take a moment and help somebody else and begin to see just how great your life is and see the things that you don't have to deal with, the things you don't have to endure because of how good your life is today. And when we do that, then we're not just surviving, but we're thriving and we're living every day of our life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
1: youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.